They say the holy month of Ramadan comes at an unprecedented time. COVID-19 has impacted just about everything and Ramadan is no different. The usual scenes of mosques buzzing with worshippers and bazaars bustling with shoppers are missing. This Ramadan those fasting are indoors like everybody else. While the fear of the virus lurks in the streets, inside their houses most of the world's 1.8 billion Muslims are seeking help and peace in their solitary prayers. I'm your host Sohail Akram and in this week's edition of Beyond the Headlines, we look at just how different Ramadan is this year and how Muslims are coping. During the entire month, Muslims fast every day from dawn to sunset. But Ramadan is primarily a deep dive into spiritual contemplation. During the month, Muslims try to pray more and give more to charity. Fasting during Ramadan is also one of the five pillars of Islam. These are the fundamental duties of every Muslim. The other four being the declaration of faith, daily prayers, charity, and making a pilgrimage to Makkah for Hajj at least once in a lifetime. All Muslims are required to fast, but there are some exceptions. Those who are sick, young children, the elderly, pregnant or menstruating women, a nursing mother, and those who are traveling can be exempt from fasting. Khawla Hassan, a religious scholar in the UK, explains that one of the biggest differences this time around is that many Muslims cannot go to a mosque or a masjid. I think um the hardest part is not being able to go to the masjid. Um you know my general highlight of my week is going for Jumu'ah at the masjid uh, in Ramadan uh, you know Jumu'ah especially but Tarawih as well for example um organizing iftars at the masjid um you know and seeing people um attending lectures in the masjid so much happens in the masjid um during Ramadan that even people who don't normally go to the masjid and not even praying regularly are turning up for tarawih prayer because there's this pull um so that's going to be quite difficult a traditional ramadan urges us to go out meet family and friends at iftars and stand shoulder to shoulder for ramadan special congregation prayers this year this is not possible mosques around the world in los angeles new york london paris and across the world have been shut down in some cases for the first time in their existence The COVID crisis has even affected Islam's holiest places. The Grand Mosque of Mecca and that of Medina and the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem are all closed. We spoke to some of our correspondents about how life is different for Muslims this Ramadan. In Lebanon, Ramadan began with violent protest on the streets of Tripoli. Banks were attacked as people gathered once again to protest the failing economy. All this while curfew remains in place to deal with the spread of the coronavirus. This is Suniva Rose from Beirut. The night curfew and the confinement measures that were imposed because of the coronavirus immediately brought back memories of the civil war. And that's a very traumatic memory for many people here because it only ended 30 years ago, so lots of people remember it very well. And even though this might sound surprising, uh there's one thing that you hear a lot here in the local media, which is that life was better during the war than today. and that's because Lebanon has never been as poor as it is now um nearly half the population lives under the poverty line 22% in extreme poverty there's a terrible economic crisis going on which has caused the lebanese to lose a lot of their purchasing power and the price of basic goods like rice and oil and meat has shot up like sometimes by 40% in a year so of course people feel that really during ramadan 
Um, like a lot of them can't really afford to share lavish iftars anymore. And anyway, uh, they wouldn't be able to, of course, because of the confinement measures. And instead, uh, you know, the situation has become even harder because protests against the government and local banks that are not giving money anymore uh, became more violent since the beginning of Ramadan. You have to remember that during the war, Lebanon wasn't poor because every militia in the country, and there were loads of them, uh, were funded with fresh cash from abroad, uh, different countries in the region. So lots of people became rich like that. And also there was a really strong sense of solidarity uh, and you hear that uh, from the Lebanese who uh, can remember those days. Um, during Ramadan, neighbors, for example, would share food with local fighters or militias in the area and there was no fear, obviously, when people mingled uh, compared to today and families usually lived in the same building or in the same flat together. So they weren't separated like they're now. In Egypt, Hamza Hendawi has a different tale of how people in Cairo are dealing in this new Ramadan. This Ramadan in Egypt is unlike any other in living memory in this country of 100 million people. People have always made a point in Egypt of performing as many as possible of the five daily prayers inside their local mosque or some of the landmark mosques in Cairo. They can't do that anymore and that pains even breaks the hearts of so many. Then there's a tarawih prayers. But it's not just that. Restaurants and cafes are shut. People celebrate Ramadan in a way that's both spiritual and worldly. People like to go out and eat during Ramadan. They like to hang around at tea houses until the small hours of the next day or until the dawn prayers. And then they start their fast. It's always been like this in Egypt. Cairo has a reputation for being a city that never sleeps. But in Ramadan, it reflects reality. The city does not sleep. So with cafes and restaurants closed, with tea houses also closed, and with mosques firmly shut, not much is left for Egyptian Muslims to do this Ramadan, except to gather around with their immediate families to enjoy the iftar, the meal that breaks their 16-hour fast, or to eat the sahur, the meal that they partake just before the dawn when they start their fast. This is all the coronavirus. A lot of people are saying, well, this is good, at least this way we're trying to somehow contain the outbreak. Other people are arguing that you cannot, you just cannot close the houses of God, i.e. the mosques. And that only through the prayers that they can offer during mosques that God will remove this pandemic, not only from Egypt, but from the entire world. It's a bit of a struggle that many Egyptians are not accustomed to, that struggle between the need to protect ourselves against the pandemic and the need to experience the spirituality of such a special month as Ramadan. Not all countries have locked down their mosques, however. In Pakistan, the lockdown restrictions were eased because of pressure from religious groups. But as Khawla Hassan tells us, while it might be unprecedented in most people's lives, this isn't the first time Muslims have faced such a challenge. These plagues are not new. And masajid have been closed 
many, many times in our history. The, the Kaaba has been, it's not the first time, I know it's heartbreaking because in all our lifetimes, this is the first time we've seen this, that the Kaaba is closed and it's empty and it breaks our hearts. But again, if we look at history, we learn so much. Uh, there have been plagues. There have been plagues where the Azan wasn't given for months and months on end in entire regions across the Islamic globe, um, you know, because people were dying in such huge numbers. And we can see the books that they wrote about the plagues and how Muslims stopped giving the Azan, closed the doors of the masajid, closed the doors of the houses, um, and stayed at home or went off into mountains and, and actually did social distancing. They talk about plagues and social distancing and going far away from people and saying, go into the mountains and try and save yourselves. In the fifth century of the Hijra, um, there was a massive plague and famine where for months and months across the Middle East that we know today, um, the masajid were closed and people would actually, because it was so contagious, people would die in their homes, entire families would die in their homes and people would just close the doors. They would lock the, those doors and weren't burying them. And they left those houses with the doors closed until the plague was over six months later and then buried those people. So this is not new. The prophetic advice is that if you are in a place of plague, don't leave. And if you're outside, don't enter. I am in a place of plague. I cannot leave. And he actually died. He became a shaheed, um, you know, far away. So this has happened throughout history. As the coronavirus pandemic continues, frontline workers are most at threat from the disease. Many of them will be fasting while fighting the spread of COVID-19 at the same time. It's not easy. This pandemic has put a lot of strain on medical workers, many often going above and beyond to save lives. Here in the UAE, an order issued by the country's religious body, the Fatwa Council, has offered an exemption to medical staff fighting the COVID-19 from fasting. If they fear, doing so would weaken their immune systems or compromise their ability to treat patients. Dr. Saad Al-Amiri is an Emirati doctor treating coronavirus patients in the UAE. His Ramadan is very different to the ones he's experienced before. Because of his work, He's forced to live away from his family during this Ramadan. Being away from the family of Ramadan, Ramadan is, is the time of the year that you get closer to God. It's time of the year you get closer to the family and friends. It's really, I would say it's hard and it, it doesn't feel like the classic Ramadan to me. Mostly because even eating uh, futur and suhoor, I don't think ever I have. Uh, had the breakfast or futur alone in my life, except this year, <laughs> the same for Sahur. So yes, it is different, but I think we, we have to do that. It's for their safety and it's it's really important. And they are appreciating that and they are proud uh, of that also, which makes me happy, to be honest. But I know it's a difficult times, but this is a special time and special circumstances and it has to be done. Dr. Saad will carry out all his Ramadan, working in his hospital and spending his time alone at home. Missing family, this is one. Two friends, usually we go out in Ramadan and we play volleyball in the, in the neighborhood. I miss that a lot. Sitting with my parents, with, with my wife, with my brothers, with my daughter. This is my second Ramadan with my daughter and uh, I'm away from her. Uh, I think this is what I miss the most, being around the people that you love. What's really going on in my mind at that time is 
thinking about family. And usually I, I call them at that time. Um, I would speak with, uh, with my family. I would speak with my friends, have a video calls with them, showing them what I'm eating <laughs> and what I'm doing. Um, it makes it easier, I think, if, if, when I do that. But it's not just Dr. Saad. Muslim medical professionals have been at the forefront of the fight against the coronavirus all over the world. In England, the first four doctors to die from the virus were Muslim immigrants. According to the Institute for Social Policy and Understanding, New York City, which has become the epicenter of the COVID-19 outbreak, more than 10% of the pharmacists, clinical laboratory technicians and doctors are Muslim. Khawla Hassan hopes Muslims who are alone or with immediate family can find some comfort in God. The other side of the coin is that Ramadan for me especially is a very private matter. I like to be on my own. Um, you know, I like to spend most of the day on my own. I'll be working, but I want to be alone as much as possible and read Quran uh, alone and re- reflect for myself. Um, so that has been richer for me. Ramadan is the most sacred month of the year for Muslims. It is the month in which Muslims believe the first verses of the Quran were revealed to Prophet Muhammad. Many Muslims aspire to read the Quran from start to finish at least once during this time. And Ramadan is also about your connection with the Quran. Ramadan, This is the month of the Quran. It's a celebration. It's a party for the Quran. Again, you don't need thousands of people to celebrate the Quran with you. You do it yourself. Um, so that connection with the Quran, reciting it, understanding it, um, reading its tafsir, and seeing how it applies to you as an individual, it's, you know, it can be done quite easily. It just needs sabr, it needs patience to be able to do. This year, as the pandemic cut short its social aspect, many believe it will be a more spiritual affair. Muslims not only have more time, but also a secluded time to pray. In his lifetime, Prophet Muhammad is known to have isolated himself for days in a cave at the top of a mountain in Makkah to introspect and connect with God. But for those who have a strong urge for the connection with fellow Muslims, there is another way. Already a week into the month of Ramadan, it looks like video calls are going to play a major part for Muslim professionals, their families and friends as they virtually meet and greet each other and break their fast together. In the UK, for example, the Muslim Council of Britain has encouraged people to hold virtual iftars on social media. More than 1,400 people have signed up for nightly iftar broadcast of the call to prayer. And in Abu Dhabi, the Taravi prayers from the Grand Mosque are streamed live every night. The coronavirus is still a threat. And Muslims all over the world, like everyone else, are adjusting to a new way of life. But as we look forward to the time when the disease is finally beaten and the last restrictions are lifted, what is it that we look forward to most? For Khawla Hassan, it's her parents. I think giving my parents a hug. I haven't seen my parents for, for weeks. They're only um, 40 minutes drive away. But um, for their own safety, they're elderly, they're in their 70s. Um, for their own safety, we've all chosen. I've got you know a lot of siblings. Um, there's six of us, mashallah, my brothers, my sister. But we've um, chosen to say to my parents, look, please, um, you stay at home, stay safe. And for Dr. Saad, he says he's waiting to see his daughters. Uh, when this is over, I think I will be running to home. <laughs> um, 
I really want to see my daughter. I really miss her a lot. When this is over, I think this is this is the first thing I would do. Where is she? I will just run to there. This is what I would do. Thanks this week to Khawda Hassan from the UK and Dr. Saad Alamiri in the UAE. Thanks also to our correspondents, Suniva Rose in Lebanon and Hamza Hindavi in Egypt. I've been your host, Sohail Akram, and you were listening to Beyond the Headlines. We were produced this week by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to drop us a review and hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app. Stay safe and happy Ramadan.